Yo, what's good, everybody out there in the packaging podcast world? You know what time it is. It's time for another episode of the People of Packaging Podcast. I'm your host with the Holy Ghost, the Packaging Pastor, Adam Peak. You can find me on TikTok at Packaging Pastor and also on LinkedIn, Adam Peak, P-E-E-K. This podcast has been able to get just uh, so many incredible sponsors, but none has been more supportive than our friends at Specrite. Listen, it is obnoxious. I just made a TikTok about this this week. It is so obnoxious when you call up your packaging supplier in a supply chain crunch and you're like, hey, I need to get my material specs because all they gave you is some generic sheet that meant nothing to you. And they just drag their feet and drag their feet and drag their feet. No more of that. Take back control of your data. They are your specs. Take back control. Go to specright.com backslash PKG. That's S-P-E-C-R-I-G-H-T dot com backslash PKG. That way you can spec right before you guess wrong. Go to specright.com backslash PKG. Okay, I have an incredible guest. We recorded this interview live on LinkedIn on June 29th. And it was, it's, it's, it's fire. That's what, is that the kids say? The kids say it's fire. It was a fire interview. Zachary Stein from Supply Caddy has an unbelievable background, a great story, and he is innovating in the world of sustainable packaging in the QSR, quick serve restaurant space. So you want to connect up with him if you're in that world. And even if you're not in that world, just hearing his energy, his passion, and his excitement for where he finds himself, I think is going to get you pumped up. So I hope you're listening to this in the morning. You got your coffee. You're, maybe you're in your car. You're at your workout, whatever it is. But be ready to get pumped up by my new friend, Zachary Stein from Supply Caddy. Let's check it out. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Coming to you live on a, what is today? I think it's a Wednesday. It's a Wednesday. And we're going to have an incredible guest. Um, it's going to come on and talk about just quick serve restaurants and packaging and his journey into it. I can't wait for you all to meet Zachary Stein. Uh, before we get going, I uh, just want to give a huge shout out to our friends over at Specrite. They have been an incredible sponsor of the podcast. They've been an incredible sponsor of just so much of this content. So make sure you uh, go over to specright.com, check out what they're doing. They do packaging and other specification data management software. It's it's great work. Uh, so hey, do me a favor. If you are tuned in um, to, the, to the live event or as you're kind of getting tuned in, uh, just drop a note in there kind of on where you're from, where you're where you're coming in from, like if you got questions, if you got comments for myself or for Zachary, drop them in there. So I'm going to pull up my guy, Zachary Stein. Welcome, man. Thank you. I'm, I'm uh, looking forward to it. It should be fun. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited for this. Uh, you know, as we were talking, I really love the kind of the live concept um, and, and having conversations that can be a little bit more interactive. So and sometimes, sometimes it's, it's whatever, it's 9.30 mountain time on a Wednesday, right? So it's sometimes people can tune in, sometimes they can't, but uh, we're going we're gonna to have a great time either way. <laughs> that's, what I, that's what I say. So 
Uh, well, Zachary, I thought uh, it'd be a good idea first for you to, hey, what's up, Dustin? Good morning. Uh, Dustin Shank coming in from up, lovely Minneapolis, Minnesota. Uh, at least I think you're still there, right? You're still there, Dustin, in Minneapolis? Um, but I thought it'd be a great idea for you, Zachary, to do uh, a quick kind of introduction of who you are. Uh, Michael, Michael Dagan says that you're a true entrepreneur. What's uh, up, so Dagan? I don't know how much you paid him to say, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then we've got, uh, we've got Leah Rollin coming in from Nashville, Tennessee. What's up, Leah? Thanks for tuning in here. Uh, really appreciate everyone listening in. So I was hoping you could do an introduction because we want to get into what it is that you're doing at Supply Caddy. Um, we could talk, you've got a really cool and compelling story. We spend a lot of time there, but uh, why don't we do a quick introduction and then we can, we can talk about how Supply Caddy is really helping QSRs, quick serve restaurants and, and other industries navigate this, this new world that we find ourselves in. I'm, I'm excited to get to that. Sure. Adam, again, thanks for having me. As you know, I'm a big fan of the podcast, so being able to be on here is a, is a real treat. Um, so I'm looking forward to talking to you today. Um, quick background. Um, mine is a little bit of a different path to get into packaging. So my background's in the venture capital space, mostly on tech startups. Fast forward to the pandemic, we saw a lot of supply chain issues, and my team and I got into some branded and unbranded PPE, personal protective equipment, for large brands like FedEx and Lyft and Morgan Stanley. We built out a sourcing team and quickly were introduced to the quick service restaurant industry, more specifically a company called RBI that some of you might be familiar with, Restaurant Brands International, the holding company for Burger King, Popeyes, Tim Hortons, and now most recently from their acquisition, Firehouse Subs. And Quite frankly, we saw a supply chain gap in the sense that most of these large QSR brands had been single sourced for a long time for their manufacturers. A lot of people, not only in QSR, but across other industries, didn't anticipate the pandemic happening and what that was going to cause for delay in their supply chain. So we were able to jump in when a lot of people couldn't get allocation in the United States from people that they've been working with for decades. Their first inclination was to go to the Far East. It's the first choice for them to go, usually the best pricing, the array of products that you're able to get from China, Japan, Taiwan, et cetera. And we were fortunate that one of my partners is from Turkey. And we were able to establish immediate allocation, immediate capacity, better pricing, but more importantly, lead times were cut in half. So we started to see gaps for people from paper bags that you would see through a drive-through window all the way to a cup or straw being used. And we were able to turn on factories pretty quickly and deliver product for a lot of these QSR brands that we started working with. And my journey, you know, started with Popeyes as one of our largest clients. And soon as you now know, Adam, I am intoxicated with the packaging business as a whole. So that's sort of how we got here. It's an awesome, it's an awesome business. Let's take a, a few a few seconds here. We got some other people joining in. We got Bo from Miami Beach. Uh, is that someone that you know as well, Zach? Bo's the man. What's up, Bo? It's been too long. All right. Well, you guys got to hang out. Uh, we got uh, Colleen from Nashville. Hey, Colleen, you and uh, you and Lee, if you don't know each other, you should uh, you should connect it up. One time, this is another story, but I uh, I did some uh, I did some rapping on a street corner in Nashville, 
uh, with with a with a guy who's playing drums. Uh, that was shout out to Colleen. She's the best, by the way. Colleen. All right. All right. Uh, Carson works with me uh, over here at Myers. He's our business development intern. So thanks for tuning in, Carson. And then we also got uh, Tyler, who thinks you're looking good. <laughs> Tyler, what's up? <laughs> uh, and we got one more. Who else? Uh, we got Gina from Secure Applications. Uh, cool. And look, we're making connections already. This is what it's all about, right? Making connections. Hey, if you have any questions for, for Zachary, just drop them into the comments. Um, and, uh, and you can accuse him as Bo is of being a golf shark. Uh, Bo is apparently or saying that he's the biggest golf shark in Miami. I don't even know what that means. Uh, That's funny. but, uh, but yeah, if you got questions as we're going through, please drop them in. Um, I've got a lot of questions, but we also want you to be able to engage. It can be an interactive interview and session here. So, uh, one question that I have is not about anything that you just talked about. We're going to get into this, but uh, I, I think this is this is uh, primarily about people, right? And and you mentioned like you're in venture capital, and and then you kind of pivoted into this world. Uh, but from like a family life, we were talking beforehand. Like I have I have uh, one wife and five kids. And um, what's what's your uh, what's your family situation? I know you're a proud new dad, right? I am. I'm a obsessed father, as some would call it. I have a three-year-old son named Bennett, uh, eight-week-old named Brody. We kept the bees going. I have an incredible wife named Simone, who's a superstar, rock star, going through the stuff that women have to go through just to birth the uh, children that we bring into this world. Um, based in Miami Beach, I'm a big family guy. My dad's born and raised here. I grew up in Tampa, went to Florida State undergrad, back from my uh, MBA and then moved down to South Florida. But my time outside of being in the office, my team will tell you, um, I'm so passionate about what we're doing. I think we entered this space in a very critical time uh, in the QSR industry. So I'm working nonstop, probably too much on my phone, but when I'm with my boys, my phone goes down and you can't reach me during that time. That's right, man. We all we all need it. Um, I I love spending time with my kids, and and I think it also helps to determine a bit of our why. You know, like what what is it that really drives us? We all have to have something that's that's bigger than you know money and profit and things like that. Whether it's your family, your employees, the community, the environment, all of the all of the above, right? Uh, I think I think it's really important to kind of establish that. So appreciate you sharing, man. Um, so the the uh and and Michael says that you are uh you're a you're a big kid at heart. So it sounds like you like to you like to have fun. Like to have fun. That's great. That's great. That's okay, so tech investing into packaging uh I don't know what what's the word what's the word you used uh like uh, you're you're uh, intoxicated. You're intoxicated with packaging. That's that's a pretty fun transition. I think we're seeing more of that. There's been a lot of private equity money that is poured into the packaging industry. What was it about packaging other than the opportunity that not just drew you to it, but has caused you to be like, I'm all in, I'm going on a podcast, I'm talking live, like well, let's I'm gonna nerd out about packaging. What what was it about the industry that was really super intoxicating for you? Yeah, I think Adam, it's a great question. I think I have a lot of answers, but probably the best one is the opportunity to innovate 
a industry that has been pretty standardized and pragmatic for a long time, right? So I'm a big history guy. If you go back and look at newspapers from the 50s, 60s, 70s, when all the McDonald's and Burger King started, you have the same paper bag going through a drive-through window or walk-up that's still being currently used today. It's the same paper sheets. It's the same machinery. It's the same logos that's going on it. So my team and I, while we understand it's very commodity driven that you can get this a lot of different places, what we're learning in QSR and Colleen shout out again, is that people are very loyal in this industry. And once you're in QSR, if you find a good supplier that comes through with you and delivers, they're generally willing to stick with you throughout that process. That's great to keep the lights on for Supply Caddy, but how can we change an industry that has been doing the same thing for decades now, right? What is the new raw materials that are coming into play now? Whether it's calcium carbonate stone that you can pull from the ground to turn into plastic cups or bagasse and sugar cane that's using, you know, more for sustainable packaging or agave, et cetera. The ability for us to be on the forefront of innovation outside of the technological advances that are coming with robotics for back of house or ordering. But if you talk about just packaging, there's new raw material out there that are just starting to get in its infancy for us to be able to not only use in packaging, but also create new iterations of what that packaging looked like. And that's super exciting for our team. Okay, got it. So it was the innovation uh, on, on materials. Have you found, this is it's a big passion of mine in the industry, is that not only are the materials and the equipment that there, there's innovation that can be there, uh, I found a lot of opportunities in process. So like Harvard Business Review talks a lot about the idea of uh, of customer effort. So if you can reduce customer effort, then you you increase loyalty. Is that something in your space that you have found like is, do you, are you just easy like are you easy to buy from or are you innovating in that way? Um, if, if you're, uh, you know, you mentioned like Popeye's and Tim Hortons and things like that, have you, have you tried to lower the barrier to entry for them to work with you? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, um, communication to us is everything. We like to say we over communicate sometimes to a fault. Um, but that's historically what you don't get with large manufacturers that have been in packaging for decades. You're sort of run by the system of big infrastructures and big teams were a fast growing entrepreneurial team that everyone touches the process that um, goes into one skew being produced or imported over here. Everyone is getting the knowledge so they're able to talk to the customer at the end. But to your point, um, when we're speaking to some of these larger clients, we're trying to save them money, right? So how do we take two SKUs that are encompassing one product like a chicken sandwich take the packaging that they're currently using, forward think and say, how do we eliminate one piece of packaging and turn it into one, but that solves still the the same dual purpose and give them the ability to save money. If we give them the ability to save money and deliver a better product, well, to your point about loyalty, we have to think that they're gonna stick to us, you know, for the long term. Got it, got it, okay. Um, And uh, it looks like we got, uh, uh, we got, I'm going to go with Jean Jean Pelletier. JJ. JJ? All right. Uh, oh, yeah. Look at that. JJ. Uh, he's got a meeting for you. So uh, congrats uh, on, on your brilliant company, he says. Uh, so you mentioned 
you, you mentioned cost savings and, and being able to pivot and over communicate. Uh, and I realize there's there's a couple of questions that I have, and certainly people can go learn more at your website. It, it, do I have this right? Supplycaddy.com? It's down Correct. there. Okay. Yes, so people can learn more about the stuff that you're offering, but just kind of a, a, a quick thing. What what types of products and we, we know the customers, but what types of products are you supplying at Supply Caddy? I've heard bags, I think I've heard cups. Um, what other what other things? Sure. So, you know. We like to say it's almost like a drive-through depot. So if you envision yourselves going through a McDonald's, Burger King, Wendy's drive-through, anything that goes through that drive-through window is essentially what our bread and butter is. So if you order a Happy Meal and you get the paper bag, inside the paper bag, you get a French fry carton, you get a paper cup, you get a straw, you get a napkin. And while, Again, a lot of that is commoditized. It comes down to service and how quickly we're able to get product, which is have, has really been the differentiator for us geographically where we're manufacturing product. Nothing we do now is in the Far East. Everything that we do is in Europe, the United States, or South America. So our lead time and the access to product has allowed us to win business. And over the past 90 days, we've been putting a big emphasis on eco-friendly products the challenge with that is there's a lot of specs that need to be matched. A lot of brands don't want to be the first one into a new raw material that has not been onto the market first, you know, but Goss as it sits today is sugarcane is one of our favorite products that we're working with, but there's a lot of testing that needs to be done mm -hmm. within a test facility or kitchen facility at a brand to make sure that that product holds the same value and gets delivered the same way, whether it's drive-through, third-party, or even in a dining room at a facility. Got it. Okay. So, so during so during COVID, it sounds like when QSRs were struggling, not just to stay afloat, but then also to get product to stay afloat. Right? Uh, you you stepped up, and and you were able to source things. You mentioned Turkey, Europe, the U.S., South America. Uh, how, like when you say faster, like talk to me about that. So I'm, I'm a, I'm a brand or I'm, I'm a QSR and I'm like, I need, I need French fry trays and my current supplier of French fry trays is telling me I can get them to you in 16 weeks. And they hit up, they hit up Zachary Stein supply caddy. And they're like, I'm I can't, I can't serve French fries. I need some help. What can you guys do? So is that kind of how the conversation has been going? Just kind of word of mouth, people finding out about you? Spot on, Adam. I mean, you know, we, a lot of organizations in packaging or across other industries will have catalogs of sort of what they offer. We're very relationship driven. So we're not someone who's going to say, hey, here's the supply caddy catalog. Go pick what you want or what you need or what you're having problems with. It's more of a conversation to us. And our mentality here is always like, what is your biggest pain point? So let's use French fry cartons as an example. You've been using French fry cartons. You have a thousand store locations, but your current manufacturer said, hey, you know what? We can't get the raw material. It's going to be 16 weeks. We would take that situation in real time and say, hey, we have the raw material available to us throughout Europe. We can manufacture that in Turkey, and we can probably bring an end product to you in container loads within four to seven weeks. So we're, you know, drastically reducing the time it gets here by 50%. The quality will be as good or surpass just because Europe is always sort of ahead of the curve as it relates to packaging and innovation, reusable products. It's a big industry for them. So those are problems we love to solve. 
And the way we've really been winning new business is, hey, give us an opportunity for one SKU for maybe one month, two months worth of usage. Let us show you how we deliver based off the end of that 60, 90 day test. Then we work on sort of contractual business because it allows us to predict how much raw material we can get. We have to go to our suppliers to make sure that we're not doing, as you know, spot buys in the industry. We want to be loyal to them just like we want to be loyal to our customers. So the more we can predict on the raw material side, the better we can give better lead times to our customers. Got it. And, and you all have, do you have uh, warehouses here that you're, are you stocking things that for, for customers along with, are, are there stock items or how does that, is it all custom? How does that work? Yeah, I'd say 90% of what we do is custom, meaning it's printed or proprietary with the brand's name on it. Got and it. The reason why, going back to one of your previous questions, we chose to do that was during the pandemic, even if suppliers could get you product, they stopped printing. So you would get generic packaging and it's a very good marketing campaign for you guys or wherever the restaurant is to be able to put your logo on that. If you're buying a Starbucks cup and you're walking up and down the street, people know you're going to Starbucks, right? So we didn't want to eliminate that by bringing in generic packaging. So we work very specifically on doing the logo stuff to be able to bring in. Um, and it's a big piece of our business. We have a main warehouse here in Miami. Uh, we have a warehouse in Savannah. We generally will bring surplus inventory for any allocation that we're bringing in case that, let's use Popeyes as an example, they're running a promotion for chicken sandwiches and all these chicken wars that you guys see going on. Yep. And they run through two months worth of usage in one month. Well, if we don't have that product on the ground and we have to import it, it's going to delay them. So we'll store product that's embedded in the cost, but making sure that we have two, three months at any given time in the case that a marketing campaign goes viral and goes through the roof, we don't want that customer to be left without product. But we don't generally bring in generic packaging and stack SKUs to date. We work with other local distributors that will bring in product for them, ship it to their warehouses, and they'll stock for us if needed. Got it. Okay, cool. Uh, we'll give a couple of other people here. It looks like I missed. Uh, Gina chimed in. What's up, Gina? Uh, you raised four kids. You're a you're, rock star. As Kevin Durant said, you're the real MVP. Uh, good work. And then uh, uh, let's see. Bob joined in from uh, Secure Applications. I'm not. What, do you know what this means? WSB dash WBE. I don't. All right. Well, thanks for joining in, Bob. Uh, let let me let me know what those mean because I don't know what those mean. Those are new. Those are new things to me. And we also got, uh, we got here. Do you know, do you know Camilo? Is that how you say it? Camilo's my man. He's a great entrepreneur himself. Sweet. Well, he called you Z. So I figured unless he was just like going straight to the nickname, he's like, I don't know this guy, but I'm calling him Z. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That'd have been, uh, that would have been, that would have been awesome. And, uh, oh, and then Bradley, this is, uh, when, he works with you. Yeah. He's my business partner and my yin to my yang. All right, and he's the he's the one with the uh, connections in in uh, in Turkey. That's our head of procurement, who's one of our other partners. Brad and I founded this, and now we all work collectively as a team. Okay, got it. That's cool. And he says that you are you're stocking portion cups. Apparently, <laughs> he's correcting portion. you live. He's, he's like, no, 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 Z, portion cups. Mention the portion cups. That's why I need him on here, man. It's crazy. Those little one ounce, two ounce portion cups that you see have been in uh, big demand. So Brad is correct. We do a lot of that business. Got it. Got it. Oh, okay. And then we got, uh, um, looks like the W O, uh, 
is it says i gina are you saying it means women-owned businesses okay i think that's what maybe that's what bob was saying um we got brandon coming in from toronto what's up brandon and uh and then we've got the proud wife <laughs> proud wife uh that's great Sometimes my mom will jump in. Uh, mom, if you're on here, shout out to Lydia Peak. I'll be like, "What's up, mom?" <laughs> you <laughs> don't know. It. You don't. She doesn't care anything about packaging at all. She's a substitute teacher. She's an incredible woman, but she does love the support. It's uh, great because if you ask my wife what I do, she probably still doesn't know. She just sees a bunch of samples in the garage and everywhere. Every no doubt. <laughs> no doubt. My kids. My kids used to think I worked for FedEx because I was getting so many samples all the time, and the FedEx driver kept coming through. And I was like, "No, I don't. I don't work for FedEx, kids." But that's just what that's just what they thought. Uh, it was actually pretty cool. I got to take all of my kids this summer. We did a road trip and we went to Myers, where I work, is in Minneapolis. And so we got to tour the facility. They got to see like we do like these cool like corrugated retail displays, and you know they're looking at stuff from like all these all these killer companies, you know Microsoft and Nintendo and Best Buy and Target. I'm like that's what, that's what I do. Like we make this <laughs> so. Um, cool. So anyway, yeah, it's uh, it's cool. So uh, Gina, uh, Gina, really appreciate you jumping in the comments here. They're doing security packaging, and we got uh, Mark is is proud of you. So you got you got a crew on here, man. I appreciate yeah, it. Talk to the Noodleberg guys; they got some cool stuff going as well. Nice, nice. I love it. The more the merrier on this podcast. So my final question, or kind of one of my final questions, is uh, I took a note here. You mentioned the Starbucks cup, and I'm curious with the experience that you've now gained in QSR um, and, and the innovation that you're pushing for in sustainability, are, are, are you having brands, you know, for example, Starbucks, I think announced, I don't remember the exact date, uh, Andy Corlett, if you're on here for some odd reason and you're watching, I saw, saw on your LinkedIn, you posted, there's a date at which Starbucks said they would no longer be using single use cups, that everything would be reusable. Is that, uh, is that something that is happening in the industry more and more? Are you getting more and more questions? And is that part of a long-term strategy for Supply Caddy to not just be a supplier of, you know, these single-use items, but also maybe to be a processor of reusable packaging as that begins to take off? Curious what your thoughts are on that. Adam, great question. Um, yeah, we've been in conversations with Starbucks in Canada, and they're sort of being at the forefront of eliminating the single use. So we have a, a little bit of inclination on what they're looking to do. I don't know how much I'm allowed to say. No, it's fine. Um, like Tim but, Hortons, Tim Hortons in Canada has yeah. has reusable packaging. Totally. So what I would tell you is that reusable packaging uh, from an idea sounds great. The infrastructure associated to it is very deep where the mechanisms have to go for reusable packaging, how do you get incentivized to be able to use re reusable packaging? There's a few big players that have started to do it in the retail environment. Um, there's people that have tested stuff with Tim Hortons and other USA brands. They have not, from my knowledge, seen a big buy-in um, from the consumer to be able to adapt quickly, right? So you make a deposit on the cup, and you have to bring the cup back to be able to get your money back or you get incentive for how many times you use it. We've been speaking to people actually in the Netherlands who have been doing this quite frequently, but again, it goes into the infrastructure of what that process is, the cleaning, 
mechanisms alone of how you have to clean that, where are those going to go, who's going to be uh, operating those, the capital that's going to take to actually get those into the marketplace. So as much as we want to be on the innovation side and eliminate single-use plastics, it was a huge initiative for us. And we're even having to, for some of our customers, certain municipalities and counties won't even allow you to have single-use plastics. So we might have one skew for a brand that we have to make three different ways because in San Mateo, California, you can't even use single-use plastics for Burger King. So it's a challenge for us internally, um, but I think reusable packaging is in its infancy. It will become a standard, but there's a lot of, again, not to reuse the same word, infrastructure that needs to be put into place before you'll see it more mainstream. Got it. But it seems to me that just knowing the, the, the little bit of time I've been able to spend with you, and you've got a lot of people on here spent a lot of time with you. Got CJ Baker coming in saying ciao from Italy. Uh, you know what all I want to do, CJ? I want to get on a Vespa and I just want to drink delicious coffee and ride around Italy. So that sounds glorious right now. You should talk uh, to my business partner, Bradley. He's in Italy right now as well, and he drives Vespas all around the world. <laughs> perfect. I love it. I love it. Uh, so, but just from what I know about you and, and your kind of innovative thought, it's like, hey, listen, if that's where the market goes, if we if we need to be a part of that infrastructure, like we're in, right? Like you're not, you're not um, you don't seem to be someone who's really stuck on like this is how it's always going to be. It's kind of like we are agnostic to the materials and we're, we might be a little bit more agnostic to the process. But we are all about like being innovative for our customers and jumping in to, to solve their problems that do I, do I have that about right? You're spot on, Adam, at per usual. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, we're not shying away from the trends that we're seeing and we're reading about and that we're hearing. Um, the challenge for us, quite frankly, is trying to fulfill and be the best supplier we can for customers today, making sure that the products are getting to the end franchisees if they're franchise concepts to make sure that they're not running out of product, keeping costs down while also saying, hey, guys, this is coming. This is what it's going to change. This is what it's going to look like. Here's what you have to plan for. Um, but again, you know, it's a happy medium of how do we do both in parallel, um, but also recognizing where innovation is today and where it's going to go in the next couple of years. Perfect. Well, hey, on that note, uh, I'll I'll leave the I'll leave the comment section with this. This is going to live if you're most people here comment on LinkedIn. Uh, this is also on a YouTube channel that I have called Packaging is Awesome, and then the People Packaging page on Facebook. But here on LinkedIn, like if this will live on there for a while, so keep dropping questions in. Uh, Zach and I will be jumping in to kind of answer those as they come up so if you're watching this and it's recorded that's cool still drop us a question we might be able to answer it uh zach how do people get in touch with you is linkedin the best way to reach out uh email send a carrier pigeon with mike tyson uh let's yeah i mean that would be fun right if i got if i got a carrier pigeon you know what i want this is just i want people to send me handwritten notes like i love getting handwritten notes like just anyway it's uh, uh, it's a lost art, unfortunately. But Henry, it is. You know what's um, a great? Yeah. Sorry, real quickly. Buzz Williams, the head coach of Texas A and M, is is a tremendous human being. He sends hundreds of handwritten notes every month. He doesn't own a computer. He literally sends out handwritten notes. It, it's it's a he's such a great dude. But so anyway. I'll tell you one thing on handwritten notes. At the end of last year, as Brad and I were starting the company, we 
bought about 50 of these customized boxes. We threw some packaging stuff in there, almost like a care box to the clients and pipeline prospects we had at that time. And we both wrote a handwritten note in there on why we wanted to do business, why we thought it'd be cool for us to get in conversations. Maybe 50% of the people got back to us. 15% of those are now clients. So to your point, it goes a long way. It's really yep, cool. It goes to a long way. Box. Yep. Uh, but outside of handwritten notes, how do people get in touch with you and, yeah. uh, and everyone? LinkedIn. Um, I'm religious on LinkedIn. I, I found that it's a, an incredible platform. I think the supply chain packaging, QSR conversations on there, people are very active. So um, you'll see me commenting and engaging as much as I can. You can go to our website, supplycaddy.com. And then my email is zns at supplycaddy.com. Feel free to shoot me an email. I generally get back to you within 24 hours. I'm up super early, 3, 3.30 in the morning. So if you get an email pretty early, uh, you know, don't, uh, don't, get, don't get shocked. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're taking care of, you're helping take care of a crying baby and answering emails on your phone. There you go. Uh, that's great. Uh, and and I'm also super religious on TikTok because I'm at Packaging Pastor. So you can connect up with me there. And I'm on LinkedIn. I'm, I'm on LinkedIn also. Uh, so, Zach, man, I really, really appreciate this time. Thanks for all that you're doing. Uh, we could have spent what well, we could do it again. Honestly, it's been it's been great. I've, I have so many more questions. Like I said, if you've got other questions, please drop them in. Thanks, Gina, CJ, Mark, Brandon uh simone uh zach's wife coming through who else we have on here we got all sorts of people i'm not gonna i'm not gonna go back through and name them. It'll, so thanks to everyone for jumping in on the podcast it really makes it fun and interactive and lively uh the the podcast is on the people of packaging podcast this episode will be coming out on there in, in about five or six weeks so don't expect it to be like out tomorrow if you want to re-listen to it because you're crazy and you're like i didn't get enough of that one i'm gonna re-listen to it again you have your chance in about five or six weeks but uh thanks everyone really appreciate it uh dustin we're gonna we're gonna definitely connect up again appreciate you next time i'm up there uh we'll chat so thanks everybody thank you guys thanks adam Hey, that wraps up another edition of the People of Packaging podcast. It would mean so much if you would like and share, rate, review, subscribe, because we want to change the world because we believe that packaging is awesome.